Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Did you know Cisco helps manage service providers directly? Know about the Cisco Partner Program? Focused on helping partners combine managed service expertise and service creation with innovative Cisco technology and proven go-to-market resources, there's a program option for you. With provider pricing, MDF, and marketing resources coupled with Cisco's leading technologies, including Meraki, Duo, and Umbrella, learn more with the link right in the show notes. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. This is Carl. I'm joined today by Aaron Myers and Jaden Montero, who are from Bitdefender. And today we're going to debabilize uh, the world of uh, security a little bit. There's a lot of, there's always a lot of jargon in our industry, but uh, you guys are like in the middle of MDR and XDR and uh, <laughs> all kinds of DRs. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, first, a bit of an introduction. Uh, Aaron and Jaden have been here before, so I'll just remind you that Aaron has been in the technology industry for over a decade and is the senior manager for product marketing at Bitdefender. Jaden is a product manager who specializes in bringing new technologies to market. Welcome back. So let, let's start with uh, kind of the basics. It's hard to be in security today, but you have to be in security today. So uh, where do we stand with regard to you know, having products that are focused on detection and response? Well, historically, the the most substantial technology that we've had that's been based on detection and response is EDR, endpoint detection and response. And XDR, uh, that that acronym, you know, we, we were desperately in need of another acronym in the cybersecurity industry. Um, that acronym entered the lexicon in about 2018. And, you know, it came out really strong. It was like the coolest kid on the cool block. Um, and everyone kind of embraced it and was like, I want it. Um, but there wasn't necessarily a lot of knowledge regarding what it actually was. You know, you, you pick up a, an article on XDR and it's like XDR is game changer for cybersecurity, you know, raising the bar for cybersecurity, like changing everything. It's like, well, are, is XDR going to come home and like help me raise my nephews? Like what's next? You know? Um, I mean, it was very much pitched like the, the ultimate answer, the, the, the everything essentially. Um, and what it actually is, you know, it's, it's an evolution of EDR um, and XDR. What it does is, you know, provides more efficient and effective threat detection, investigation and response in real time. And it effectively unifies security relevant endpoint detection with telemetry from security and business tools to enable organizations to better identify threats, understand the full impact find the root cause and take immediate response to minimize business damage. So XTR, yes, it's a great technology, but it is fundamentally a technology, um, you know, and, and that technology is, is, is most manifest in, in, you know, the, the availability of additional sensors, for example, a cloud sensor, a network sensor, an identity sensor. Um, so it, it is, 
EDR 2.0, essentially, is, is how we how we like to look at it. Yeah, I think it's true. I, I think that's definitely true um, for, for a lot of vendors out there and for a lot of folks out there. Um, endpoint for the longest time was the richest, we used to say the richest source of telemetry you could possibly get. It's like getting straight to the source um, of what your users and what potentially attackers could be doing. And as Aaron's totally right, when XDR first came out, the, the idea was it was extended. What that really meant was you had all these different sources that weren't just your endpoint. You had stuff in the cloud, as Aaron mentioned. Um, you have stuff in in, uh, in your Internet of Things devices. Um, you had things on the perimeter that used to be looked at and then stopped being looked at for a second when everyone's at the endpoint. So XDR meant almost a return to the philosophy or the concept that you should be able to look at all of those things at once. And I think in general, that's a very, very noble concept. So I guess to answer your question, to start with, Carl, the concept is very, very noble. Let's look at everything at once and let's stop selling point technologies of which you need, you know, 14 to 15 or at the enterprise level, 75 for the average security portfolio, just to be able to understand what you already own. So, so it sort of changes the business model a little bit. I think it certainly does. I think that the reason why so many vendors jumped on the XDR train is because a conscientious vendor or seller in the security space should do so. Um, I think, you know, if if you're a vendor out there trying to make a difference in your customers' day-to-day -day lives, it's becoming impossible to just believe it's okay to sell another piece of technology, okay? You, your network is changing. Uh, buy something else to cover the, the way that's changed in particular, um, and so the day-to-day, -day, I think, you know, we like to say, or Aaron and I like to talk about the fact that XDR should mean something different to every organization. Um, and that's a kind of fun way to, to start the organization. XDR is what do you look like? Um, and how can you make sure that you are covering the breadth of visibility you need to defend your uh, company? That's a good point. Uh, you know, too often we sell packages and I'm a big I'm a big fan of the bundle. I'm a big fan of the package. You know, I'll take this and sell it five times, 10 times, 100 times. Uh, but clients need, they have to have uh, some kind of a more customized solution. So, you, you, you know, it becomes difficult to say, well, you just need the five pack, you know, <laughs> just go buy another one. Um, so, so when a small business is looking at security, uh, what's the R piece of this? What's the response piece? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to take that one at first, Aaron, if you don't mind. Um, one of the things, um, you know, when I first started getting an MDR, I'm sure Aaron did too at its, at its outset, uh, many years ago, um, I used to hear this phrase. I remember Forrester putting it out in one of their initial market guides saying that the superpower of a, a managed service is the detection piece. Um, that's what a lot of companies struggled with at the time. And that is where technologies like XDR have really helped. How can we make sure that with a piece of technology and with experienced cybersecurity staff on top, we know when an attack is even happening. Remember, that used to be like the basic market requirement. Well, so today that's evolved dramatically. And today the R, um, you know, we talk about whether or not that R is important if it's, if it's lowercase or capital. Uh, and if it's a capital R, what we're talking about is not just calling you, Carl, or calling you and saying, hey, guys, um, you know, something happened. We need you to jump on that immediately. It's really being able to take response actions um, that limit the, the impact of an attack before things get more severe. Uh, one of the things Aaron and I were, were discussing ahead of this conversation was, uh, do you remember last conversation we were talking about like an automotive store or something that Aaron and I had little, very little right. knowledge <laughs> about, right? Um, one, of the, one of the metaphors we're often describing to, um, to partners of ours is 
imagining more of like a grocery store setup. And you know, when there's a spill in like the aisle that carries like lemon juice or something, and then somebody immediately sets up that, uh, that sign that says like, hey, there's, it's slippery when wet, don't walk through aisle 15 or something like that. The difference between you putting up that sign um, five minutes after the spill and 30 minutes after that spill could be the difference between, you know, me slipping or all three of us slipping while we're shopping in the grocery store that day. And that right there is the, is the R. The big R is how quickly can you really respond and make sure that that incident, something like a liquid falling in a grocery store, uh, doesn't cause the whole organization to slip. It's really limited in the breadth of what that attack was able to accomplish. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, Mondays have become like the most depressing day for IT people. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> will I wake up and have three clients who have been hit by some uh, attack? Uh, and and it's sort of like, you know, please, please, please. I just want to sleep through the night and know that that things are going to be okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Does this help with the the sleep quotient for uh, IT professionals? Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it helps with the sleep quotient. Um, I, I, my goodness, I wish it did. Um, but it, it does kind of set up how, how we like to think about, you know, what type of organizations would best utilize XDR. You know, I, I read a, a report from, from ESG a while ago and, and they, they surveyed respondents and they said 50% of those respondents actually preferred managed XDR as opposed to XDR as a standalone. And I'll tell you why, going back to the supermarket example, I don't know about you, but if I hear, you know, clean up on aisle five, if I don't have a mop to clean it up, like, I don't want, I don't care. I don't want to know about it. Like, just like shove it under, like, I, I don't, I don't want to know. And the, the, the problem with XDR as a standalone for organizations that, you know, are um, resource constrained and don't have, you know, the ability to utilize the robust feature set that XDR provides doesn't, they don't have the ability to actually respond um to the rich data that they're getting from their XDR sensors, it, it's kind of like XDR's kind of pointless at that point, you know? Um, and that's that's the benefit of MDR for XDR because it really helps those organizations that don't have the ability to ingest the high fidelity data and actually act upon it. Um, MDR does that for you. So you have a, a marriage between XDR with, you know, the, the additional sensors, the, the rich data coming in, but you have MDR to be the cybersecurity experts, the, the experts who will take that data and actually respond capital R to an incident. Well, no, I was just going to be a little bit of a contrarian. I, <laughs> I, uh, I agree and disagree with the sleep thing. Um, and I, I think you're right. You're totally right, Aaron. I, I, I think that, you know, just removing uh, security from the equation for a lot of IT practitioners doesn't make that job, um, you, know, you know, entirely less stressful. I know we were at Gardner Risk Summit recently, and they were talking about how IT analysts, security analysts alike are within the top 25 most stressful jobs in the world. 
that being said, though, it's not just about like the time it takes to do security. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I have the most nightmares about stuff that I'm not confident about in my waking life. Like I'm still, you know, thinking about my senior year if I missed the algorithms class I was supposed to show up to for the day when I was supposed to take the exam that I knew nothing about. I think what MDR does do for um, a lot of organizations out there that are very IT focused is remove the stress that you don't know what to do in a situation that you're not equipped to solve. Um, so I think that, you know, yes, is your job going to, it, does your job evolve? Do you get, um, you know, 100%, 200% more sleep? I don't know. We live really stressful lives as security and IT practitioners. That being said, are you able to go to sleep with the peace that an MDR service and the underlying XDR technology can clean up those spills no matter the time of day? And you don't need to be stressed about, do I know how to clean up that spill? Absolutely. It does help you get better sleep in that way. Well, I hope so. The, um, the, the thing about response is that I have to either do the response myself or I have to have somebody on staff who understands the telemetry and is watching all the time, right? Or I have to have a service. And then the question is, how do I know the service is working? Like I test backups. How do I test uh, MDR? Uh, whether that, you know, or do I just wait because something's going to happen eventually? Uh, yeah, well, I think, so one of the things that is really important to, to us at Bitdefender, um, and I know to Aaron and myself, as we set out to, to build um, our service offerings, we talked not just about the outcome we wanted, which is to help um, organizations become more security mature, no matter if they, if or when they can hire the staff to do so, right? That's what we're here for. But it's also, to your point, Carl, to demonstrate progress along the way. Um, if you think, okay, I'm paying for something and then fast forward X amount of time, six months, am I in a better spot? Unless you have that evidence, we wouldn't believe you'd have any reason to think so. Um, so for us, and I, I don't want to get too specific here, um, certainly you can think about reporting as a, as a means of access into that. Um, so, you know, what does your monthly reports look like from coming from the SOC? But I think more importantly, that is where a good piece of technology like XDR really comes in. You know, for all of our, for all of our Bitdefender customers that are able to log into the technology itself and see what our analysts were looking at and say, look, the whole um, stitched together um, a, a life cycle of the attack is, is very much in view. Um, it's less of an arcane art. It's not like, okay, you guys piece together all this stuff and I don't understand it. It's, wow, this, this really, this technology did a great job of pulling all that together, but you guys were the ones that knew how to walk that backwards and forwards into the kind of response we needed to take to limit the attacker. So you that's know, a good, that, that provides a lot of the evidence that you were looking yeah, for. That, that map is interesting because for literally the first 50 years of this industry, <laughs> it, 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 an attack often amounted to, look, who knows what happened? All we know is we've got this damage now let's fix it and then if we have time we'll go back and figure it out but that means you know now we're looking at old logs after the fact which may or may not have been logging the right things and so forth and so on so you know being able to actually say look there's the attack point a point b point c uh just remind folks you guys are at bitdefender.com and we're going to put lots of other links down below in terms of resources defining some of the things that we're talking about um, so, uh, how do I sell this? Is I, is it sold per domain, per office installation, physical, uh, endpoint, uh, how do I sell it? So you mentioned earlier about, you know, these bundles that, you know, 
technology vendors try to make one size fits all. That's that's not how Bitdefender, you know, approaches this. Our our XDR offering is available as a standalone for those um, organizations that have, you know, an an in in house security team and have the expertise in order to to really take that data and run with it. We also offer it uh, a la carte with MDR uh, across our service tiers. And not only XDR a la carte, we offer the sensors a la carte. So, um, you know, we we appreciate that every customer has um, a, a different threat landscape, a different organizational infrastructure, and you know, potentially they they might need productivity apps, and they they might not need cloud. It 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 honestly is up to the customer, and we make that available in offering the four additional sensors, the productivity apps, the cloud, the identity, and network um, available to customers with MDR. Um, kind of a la carte. Um, so whatever is best for you and your organization, it it doesn't doesn't impact the our MDR SOC. Um, we are very well versed in you know the data that is streaming from from all of these different sensors, and we respond to it you know accordingly as though it was uh, an endpoint detection. Very cool. So it makes sense if somebody's got a manufacturing or a restaurant or some physical location uh, that they can get set up pretty quickly. What about all those people who have a bunch of remote workers that are off in Germany or Australia or wherever? That's that's an awesome question. And of course, that's where that's where endpoint uh, detection made a huge uh, surge of popularity a couple of years ago anyways, right? I mean, I think there were a lot of companies out there that said, okay, with the rise of ransomware and with the the, the topography of our new um, network infrastructure, which was to your point, you know, Aaron and what Germany last week, me in Australia two weeks ago, Carl, you're going to be in Australia in a couple of weeks, right? Well, how do we defend that? And of course, the most important piece there by far is, is EDR. But there are other pieces that are, are absolutely critical um, to defending that, that kind of new topography. And some of those things are very well represented in the sensor portfolio. One of the most popular of ours is, is defending the productivity suite in Office. So, you know, you can start thinking about what is, um, you know, what does user login look like there? What does odd SharePoint activity look like? If there's data exfiltration, does that mean, you know, somebody popped a folder that, uh, that and then deleted it and it was fill, like, filled to the brim, you know, two minutes earlier? And, and another popular uh, sensor there to help kind of manage that user behavior angle and permissions angle is um, Azure, all, both on-premise, uh, but more importantly in this scenario in the cloud, right? So direct connection to Azure AD and productivity helps most customers out there that are dealing with that more distributed workforce. And now to your point, what previously was us asking customers, hey, we saw something on an endpoint, would you mind going to check this out for us? It's all just already stitched together. And you're right, it is remarkable that today uh, we have that visibility already stitched together. It's not, let's look at logs and kind of um, weave it, right? It's just, okay, in the initial map of what we got um, about a certain incident, it already ties together all that stuff from the initial vector and maybe office to the lateral movement performed via Azure into the way that the attack was performed across a variety of endpoints. So to what extent do we still have to rely on training, like going to the client's office and saying, look, do this, don't do that, <laughs> right? This, these are good habits, these are bad habits. Uh, or can we now say, hey, we got you covered, don't worry about it. Well, I, I 
this is this is a personal opinion. Uh, I'll be very clear, but I think that it often comes down to the ROI on the attacker side um, rather than a kind of what we think on our on our practitioner and vendor side, right? Because uh, one of the most interesting trends we've seen in the last couple of years is as technology has gotten better, it wasn't necessarily always the weakest point like it used to be. It might be a cost-effective way to find a vector into an organization, um, but it, it it's not always that way. So we see, you know, as as technology gets better, people are have started to become a weaker link in organizations for attackers to target. You know, one of the things about XDR and MDR is we always say we assume compromise. So certainly on our end. You know, there's always a portion of this equation that we're we're happy and 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 engaged in tackling, which is assuming that we're not perfect, um, and being here to put that you know uh, slippery when wet sign down as quickly as possible, and make sure we are mopping up as quickly as we can. That's not to say though that you know showing shoppers and showing you know uh, staff at the store right isn't as important as it always was. Um, so I think it's an equation that's always bouncing back and forth. I'm sure as as training increases, as has already happened, you know, most people have a basic understanding of cybersecurity hygiene today, which absolutely was not the case 10 years ago. And so we're going to see it flip flop. Um, and, you know, the most important thing from mine and Aaron's perspective is MDR and XDR, the technology, are here for the cases where you couldn't prevent the spill no matter what you try to do. Sure. And and just to build off that, like, I I agree also personal opinion um, you know, cybersecurity hygiene training is important, cybersecurity awareness training. Um, if nothing else, it tells you, you know, the pickle jar on aisle five is really slippery. Don't pick it up. Like it, it's going to fall on the floor. Um, if nothing else, it's just, it's common sense. It's, it's a best practice. I think it's something, regardless of what technology you have in place, um, it, it, it hopefully will become a best practice for the industry as a whole. So if I'm going to implement this, do I need a, a, a larger staff on my side, you know, to walk me through like the first installation, I sign up for you. I'm your partner. I go to bitdefender.com. Uh, I sign up a client. So what do I do? What, what's, what does installation look like? Yeah, I can I can take this one. So um, the sensors were built to be really, really lightweight, right? And this is this is a, a really big difference between the way Bitdefender's approached XDR and kind of an older uh, model of how to pull stuff together. It's not going to be like, you know, uh, setting up a couple of really heavyweight tools and then pointing um, all of the logs from those tools back to Bitdefender. It's all very turnkey. It will depend on the sensor, how you set it up, but all of the sensor management stuff is done centrally to the, the Gravity Zone console. Um, so if you're in there, it's it's very well aware of what sensors are set up. The documentation is very good about how you set up those lightweight integrations in most cases, right? If it's in the cloud, it's really just an integration. And then if it's something like a network sensor, how you get the, the VM stood up to be able to start monitoring internally. They're all incredibly flexible um, as well. So it's really about, you know, working with Bitdefender to, to gain an understanding of how to get visibility across your entire infrastructure, which in most cases is not super complicated, right? Um, and, and so in any case, the management's uh, pretty simple. Uh, B depends on the uh, the sensor, but C, you know, there's there's uh, documentation to walk you through the entire turnkey process for every single one of those. So is it a one day setup for the average client? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Um, you know what I found because because Aaron and I also work on the the professional services side is it's not 
it's it's one day across however many sensors you have, right? Because it's really just about understanding how you set things up, making sure you have the right permissions, especially if these are like the cloud integrations. Um, and then it's 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 easy. Uh, last thing I didn't mention, right? The licensing is also done uh, via Gravity Zone, so it's pretty easy not just to get the sensor set up, but it's not like it's locked behind some incredibly difficult licensing process that you have to sign a hundred papers and then you know we email you a. Uh, uh, some kind of bundle that you now need to install. It's nothing like that at all. Just flip of a couple of switches, making sure that you're following um, the instructions. And then for your specific sensor, making sure you have the right um, permissions and such. So if I have um, a, a fairly standard client who is, I don't know, whatever they get, 15 people in the office, uh, somewhere between five and 10 of them now work remote because of post pandemic, <laughs> they figured out that they can. Uh, they have cloud services somewhere for their data. Um, am I able to set up most of this from my office if I can, as long as I can remote into the client's uh, network? Yeah, 100%, right? Because I think, especially from, from an endpoint perspective, you would have had kind of a wider deploy already across all of those users. If you're talking about getting an integration directly into Azure, that's something that can be done, you know, regardless of where you're located. Um, and then the, the the other sensors, like if you're looking to also defend some kind of smaller um, internal servers with your net with uh, with the network sensor, that's something you likely have access to uh, as an internal developer or, or an IT uh, staff member already. Um, and then like let's just throw another one in there for good measure. If it's something like AWS, and maybe that's run out of some uh, some arm of, of your company where it's not you know a, a wide deployment, then that's about making sure that you have um, access to that rogue cloud deploy, right? To make sure you can get uh, a, a direct uh, lens into that. So absolutely. I mean, all of this stuff, right, is built for a modern topography as I think we previously discussed. Very cool. And um, what's the most common R? Like in terms of response, what do you end up doing more frequently than anything else? Ooh, that is such a good question. Well, I'll give you... I love this question because uh, back when I was back when I was doing a lot of SOC automation, like more 2016 through 18 time, um, the most popular at those times were um, things like reset passwords and deletion of phishing emails. Um, I will say the reason why these were the most popular now in retrospect was because most folks didn't really have as direct access to endpoints as they do today. So, you know, you started to see that the endpoint vendors back then all started coming out with incredible capabilities to isolate endpoints and then be able to still remote into those endpoints for, for troubleshooting or forensics purposes. So I'd say today, probably the most valuable, um, I won't say the most often, I'll be clear, <laughs> right? Because no one wants this to happen. You don't want to take an endpoint offline, but really uh, a really high value activity is being able to uh, quarantine an endpoint and still have a remote shell on that endpoint. Uh, most common though, I mean, really boring stuff, like being able to just stop processes and ban hashes. We don't even want to talk about that, do we? Probably not. <laughs> well, it depends. Uh, if, it, if it helps people understand the product and how they use it, that's all good. So is there anything I missed with regard to EDR, uh, MDR, and XDR? The only, the only thing I guess I would touch on is how substantial XDR is to SOC analysts in that, as Jaden referred to earlier, it's not disjointed logs, information coming in, and it, it's contextualized information that really 
helps our analyst, uh, our CIFC team, our AMR team have a more educated, faster response that's better in the end for the customer. Um, so that's that's a huge uh, positive for XDR. The fact that X, when it comes to MDR for XDR, our MDR analysts can react with so much more information, with more context, and with more speed uh, when XDR is in place. And, and from my end, I just want to touch on something you said earlier that caught me here, Carl, where you said, you know, is there business impact to, to kind of deploying this technology too? And I would say, yes. Uh, I think one of the, one of the positions Aaron and I have, have found ourselves in is a lot of organizations that uh, have already purchased a lot of security technology and um, XDR, especially the kind that comes from an endpoint, they call it like, you know, native XDR, right, is a rethink on that whole concept. It's maybe, you know, instead of thinking about the massive amount of tech that you have, um, and making sure that you maintain those X number of tools that you're buying a more consolidated portfolio that just has eyes into those different tools. Um, so absolutely, I think it, it gives an opportunity to, to stop, pause for a second, reflect on what a modern security stack looks like, and wonder if maybe something lighter weight in terms of integrations that brings everything back to that, that stitched uh, endpoint-based understanding is the right way to move forward. And we think for um, you know, smaller organizations, ones that, and, and also ones that, you know, maybe get less out of 10 other tools that you have to log into consoles on a daily basis to get the most out of, uh, that this approach is likely the most sound one. Very cool. And one of the things that we have in the resources down below is a, uh, a PDF on uh, kind of what is uh, Gravity Zone and how, how people can get the most out of it. Um, so I think that's it. I, I would say I love the, the assumption that you've been compromised. Like we assume uh, compromise. I think that goes a long ways and it helps people to talk to clients without pushing the fear factor, right? Like this isn't, this isn't like a big thing where I have to scare you that you're going to go out of business. This is just the reality of the 21st century. So, um, you know, what does it take? And you know, I, I think that it's a, always a difficult conversation, but I think clients more and more and more see this stuff in the news and they know that it's real. And so you don't have to convince them that they have to do something. You just have to convince them that you've got the right solution. That will do it for this episode. Thank you very much. Uh, I encourage folks to go to bitdefender.com and Aaron and Jaden, thanks for being with us today. Happy to be here. Thanks, Carl. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.